Steve Gleason in his scoop and scored by Curtis DeLoach. Touchdown, New Orleans. And it's Tracy Porter taking it all the way. Touchdown, New Orleans. Three wide open. Wide open. And Smith, what a way to do it. Kamara in a tailback. He's got five rushing touchdowns. And now six. This is the Houdat Discussion, your one-stop shop for all things New Orleans Saints news, opinions, and reactions. Hello and welcome into another edition of the Houdat Discussion. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Galata. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew Galata, and then also you can follow the podcast on Twitter at the Houdat Dis. And we have a jam-packed episode coming your way here today at the Who Dat Discussion. It's going to be all about the Saints head coaching search as they have already started conducting interviews with candidates. There are, you know, scheduled interviews with candidates and then also still rumors just swirling around um, some other candidates. So we're just going to go into a huge summary of every candidate and try to give you some information on all of them and, you know, kind of what I think of them as, um, you know, how, how they'd be set up as a Saints head coach and, this will definitely be a very fun episode to look at that because that's really the first thing. Got to find out your head coach. Then you can go on and look at personnel. Quarterback, obviously, is the big question. And all these interviews are happening down in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. Um, so that's kind of when yeah, the whole NFL is together. It's one of those events where the whole NFL is together. So it's definitely a good time to do interviews and uh, kind of you know, get a pulse on the NFL. So it's definitely going to be a very interesting week of rumors and you know, all that fun stuff, you know, news and all that stuff around the NFL, especially with the Saints as they're looking for a head coach. And obviously the prospects on the field and you're going to hear rumors about uh, some draft prospects as well. Malik Willis has, you know, in his media availability already said that he met with the Saints. So that's very interesting as well. And you're probably going to hear more of that as the week goes on and obviously in the game as well. So we're going to kind of talk about the winners and losers and how that um, predicates to the Saints um, from the Senior Bowl next week. So that'll be next week's episode. Definitely will be fun. But in this episode, I want to summarize the Saints head coaching search after Sean Payton's um, retirement early, or earlier last week. And this search will definitely be very interesting. The Saints are casting a pretty wide net considering a lot of people think Dennis Allen kind of has the job just because of um, you know his head coaching candidacy just coming into this whole this whole process when we didn't even know Sean Payton was leaving. So now that Sean Payton's leaving, a lot of people think that Dennis Allen will get the job. But the Saints have casted a pretty wide net of candidates, and I think they have a very good look at at certain guys. And it's going to be very very interesting to see kind of how this search goes because I don't know if it's a slam dunk for Dennis Allen like other people think. I think there are some great candidates that the Saints are interviewing. And we're just going to have to kind of see what happens. But we're going to do a summary of all the candidates here in this episode. And we're just going to kind of go one by one, you know, when their interview was happened or scheduled. So we'll just go from, you know, the the most, you know, earliest interview and then to, you know, the interviews down the line here. And before we get into like particular candidates, I'll just give you a rundown of all of them. So the first candidate the Saints interviewed on Sunday, that was Doug Peterson, former Philadelphia Eagles head coach, won that Super Bowl with them, with Nick Foles and the Philly, Philly Special. So the Saints interviewed him. He obviously has some ties to Sean Payton. They're good friends. And he was the offensive coordinator with the Chiefs under Andy Reid. So that's definitely a name to look out for. 
The Saints interviewed Brian Flores, the former Miami Dolphins head coach, on Tuesday. Flores has obviously been in the news over the last few days as he filed a class action lawsuit against the NFL and three other teams. We'll get into all of that. So that's going to be a very interesting uh, conversation. But I, I think he's just such a good head coach and leader of men. Uh, the Saints had dinner with him Monday night, Tuesday morning. Uh, they had an interview, and he really turned around that that uh, Dolphins franchise. Puzzling why they fired him. Obviously, there's a lot of butting heads in that organization, um, and him and the owner, and we'll get into that. It's a very interesting situation um, for him coming to the Saints, I think, though, because he's a very talented head coach, and he's a guy that um, is one of those candidates where if the Saints were going to hire outside, you'd be more than happy for him to come to the black and gold down in the bayou just because of his head coaching experience and what he's been able to do leading a football team down in Miami. Uh, but that, you know, according to that interview, went well, and the Saints were impressed of Flores's abilities and uh, qualities uh, to, you know, lead a team as a head coach. Third uh, candidate on this list would be Aaron Glenn, the Lions defensive coordinator, former Saints defensive backs coach. So very interesting there. Younger candidate seems like kind of building to be a head coach in this league. Very, you know, even keeled guy, good leader of men, really helped that same secondary a lot. The Lions did improve under him last year. So that's something to definitely look at. The guys that played for him for sure. And not a lot of talent was on that Lions team. So that's going to be a guy to look at. I think everyone's kind of favorite in this conversation. Dennis Allen, Saints defensive coordinator, coached a game for the Saints in 2021 and got the win against the Bucks in Tampa Bay. So that is going to be your number one candidate probably just because it's the natural move with this team having a lot of success with the culture aspect of the team. And that that side of things, you, you kind of want to go with that in-house. You want to keep all those assistants who are just so, so talented with the Saints. Uh, so that would be the way you do that and bring in Dennis Allen. And then another Saints in-house candidate would be Darren Rizzi, the special teams coordinator for the Saints, who has just been phenomenal for the Saints ever since he joined them. And he was a Dolphins uh, special teams coordinator before that, did a good job there as well. Uh, He actually, with the Dolphins, he coached with Dan Campbell, uh, who coached for the Saints and now is the Lions head coach. Finally, an interview is not scheduled with this candidate, but he was rumored to kind of be linked to the Saints job, and that's Brian Lefwich, the Buccaneers offensive coordinator, and obviously the success that they've had over the last few years when the Super Bowl last year, we all know that um, he'd be a guy um, that you know definitely would be interesting to hear from in an interview. I don't know if he'd be my first candidate, but I, you kind of want to hear a different side of things. You know, someone that's not in the Saints organization and has had success and you know played as a player too. So that's kind of a different dynamic. I like what the Saints did there. And before we go kind of play or uh, candidate by candidate, coach by coach here. I just feel like the Saints have done a really nice, wide, diverse search. You have offensive coaches, you have former head coaches, you have defensive coordinators, you have young coaches, older coaches, coaches with head coaching experience, coaches with non-head coaching experience. You really have, um, you know, a, a, a very wide range of candidates. And I think that's good. Not only, let's say you go with Dennis Allen, he's kind of the, the front runner of the pick and that's who you go with, but then you get to see all those other opinions, and that's kind of how you could see the, how the league is going. It's it's really a way to see that, and that's very valuable as well. The Saints haven't looked for a head coach in 16 years, so to get that, you know, um, all those different opinions, I think means a lot, and that's definitely something that is uh, important and to, to to talk about too, because you you want to have Mickey Loomis and you know who's ever looking for the decision, Jeff Ireland, Kai Hartley. Uh, to really kind of see, okay, maybe this is how the NFL is going. Maybe this is how this candidate thinks. It's, it's, to me, it's a very interesting 
um, proposition. It's probably very good for the organization. But I definitely want to start off here. Doug Peterson, former Philadelphia Eagles head coach. Before that, he was the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs under Andy Reid. And a lot of success with the Eagles. 13-3, and obviously his best year, the Super Bowl win uh, in 2017. So, again, he's a guy that's just had had a ton of success. 9-7 and seven the years after that, made the playoffs in those seasons. And then last year, four wins. Not a good year. More of a rebuilding year for the Eagles. And I think that move worked for them. They were able to go to the playoffs this year. But for them, last year was just kind of, you know, a bit of a mess for them. And it was that whole game at the end where they sat uh, Jalen Hurts on Sunday Night Football to, and then the Washington ended up winning, and the Washington goes to the playoffs. But uh, Nate Sudfeld was was a quarterback that came in, and that was kind of those things that a lot of players didn't appreciate not playing maybe the best quarterback. Um, and that's kind of a, a lot of reasons maybe why he was fired. So it, it's interesting because he did kind of change this Eagles team for the better. Won them their first Super Bowl, made the playoffs, back-to-back years after that. With the Chiefs before that, he, you know, with Alex Smith, did a good job of that, that making that offense really solid and kind of put the foundation for that offense in before Patrick Mahomes got there, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, uh, what they were able to do down there. So definitely, I think that this group is, or, or, you know, those groups were solid, even though they weren't maybe Mahomes level. Obviously, he didn't have that level of quarterback. But overall, I think he did a good job. And then the Eagles offenses were were really, really solid under um, Doug Peterson and what he was able to do in 2017 with a backup quarterback, bringing that team to the Super Bowl, getting them to buy in. I think that means a lot. I think he's a solid candidate in that respect. What gives you major red flags is that 2020 season, how the team kind of quit on him. You don't like to see that, but maybe he learned from his mistakes. So again, a Super Bowl winning quarterback or a coach rather, there's not a lot of them, um, you know, and when there's not a lot of them, you kind of want to, you know, decipher those out and at least take a look at them. And maybe, you know, that 2020 years would maybe he'd do more the same of that, or maybe he'd go back to Super Bowl winning ways. I think it would be really interesting. I do think that the Eagles probably, you know, went off him a little too quick considering he won a Super Bowl and just had one down year because he'd made the, the playoffs the other two years, played the Saints in the divisional round, won a playoff game in 2018. So I, I don't think it's, you know, this, this head coach that got lucky winning a Super Bowl. I don't think that's what happened. So really his only down year was in 2020. And uh, that ended up, you know, being, you know, the tipping point for them as a team kind of quit on him. So maybe he learned from mistakes. So I do think that's really valuable. You learn from your mistakes. And um, that's something that's very interesting. Um, I don't know if he hit his potential already in 2017 or he's going to continue to grow and evolve. So I I think that it's worth a interview and worth to hear his opinions, Super Bowl winning coach. But we'll kind of have to see where it goes. I'd be surprised if he got the job. I I will say that. But he's kind of in the the outer candidates, like the out of, you know, Saints candidates, I would put them at number two. The number one guy for me, uh, you know, is Brian Flores. And I I think this is just very interesting because I think he's the best head coach on this list. And again, we're going to have to see what happens with the news. Obviously, he filed the class action lawsuit against the NFL and three teams with Dolphins, Broncos, and Giants. And we're going to get into that. But I just kind of wanted to talk about his candidacy with the Saints before this lawsuit came out. He did tell the Saints about the lawsuit before it came out and when they were interviewing him. So the Saints were fine with interviewing him as, you know, they knew the lawsuit was coming out. So maybe they don't care about it. But, you know, that's something to look at. Um, but I, I do think he is a very, very good candidate from outside the building. What he did to that Dolphins team, I think, cannot be understated. This Dolphins team. I know, it, look, 
10 and 6, 9 and 8. Not the best seasons. I know it's not the best. You know, you're above average, though. Look at what the Dolphins did before that. Adam Gase, what he did to that team, we kind of, you know, we understand what happened there. It was just not a, you know, a, a good team under uh, Adam Gase. They made the playoffs once, but that roster was very good. And really after that year in 2016 where they made the playoffs, it kind of just all fell apart for them and very, very quickly with Adam Gase. Before that, it was Joe Philbin. He did not have a good tenure with the Dolphins as well. And before that was Tony Sperano. Uh, rest in peace to him. But, um, you know, it, it's really one of those situations where the Dolphins have not been good for a very long time. And Brian Flores was really slowly getting the players to buy in. And that's something I think matters a ton. He's a great leader of men. This team with talent, not always the best. I think this year's talent team was pretty good. To, uh, I don't know, to, to attack of Iloa at quarterback. Who knows what is going to happen with him. And, you know, if his level of quarterback play, I wouldn't say it's been very good, though, to this point. Now, maybe he's just growing in his progression. Haven't watched enough of him to kind of put a full opinion of where he's going to be in the future. But his numbers, his output on the field has just not been up to par, considering you're looking at the other quarterbacks that maybe went after him, like a Justin Herbert. So, again, that's something that you have to talk about. And... The, for the Dolphins, you know, this franchise got a lot better. And a lot of that was because of Brian Flores. It was their first time having back-to-back winning seasons since 2003. That's like Dan Marino times we're talking here. So for the Saints to do that, yeah, or, or for the for the Dolphins to do that in back-to-back seasons, very, very important. I think that's a big feat. And I think next year, I think they would have had to figure out the offensive situation. But the defense was so, so good. And, you know, that whole situation with the quarterback and the co-offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, so it was a little kind of odd. But if that kind of got, um, you know, settled, you felt like the Dolphins were in a good spot for next year and to probably get a good quarterback because they, they really were set up well. Kind of like the Saints, where the offense maybe wasn't as good as he wanted to be, but the defense was very, very good. And you could say the same thing about the Dolphins. So you kind of felt like next year was their leaping off point. Then they fire Brian Flores, and you're like, well, why is that? And you hear it comes out that, you know, he had major butting heads with the owner. And after you see this this lawsuit, you kind of see why. And, uh, you know, this lawsuit that Flores uh, filed against the NFL, Dolphins, Broncos, Giants, was um, is alleging that they have engaged in racist and discriminatory practices against black head coaches and allegations in the suit. Uh, and, and this is, I think, one of the big points was Dolphins owner Stephen Ross offered to pay Flores an extra $100,000 per loss during the 2019 season to try to, to try to get them to tank. And then also uh, the owner, Stephen Ross, tried to get him to recruit a prominent quarterback. A lot of people think it's Tom Brady, who was under contract with another team violating tampering rules. That's really bad. And the Dolphins, if this, if this is true, which, again, this is Flores basically putting his reputation on the line. So, you know, you definitely think that it, it's true. Th- this is major. Like, I mean, everyone thought Bountygate was a big deal, and Sean Payne was obviously suspended for the whole season. I mean, Stephen Ross, if he is paying his, or tried to pay his coaches, who knows if this happens across the league, to lose games, th- that, to me, should get a lot of people suspended. And if you're basically just throwing football games, that's a huge problem in the NFL if that's the case. And that's something that, again, you know, that's not a good situation. If this is true, people should be suspended. Dolphins ownership may have to sell the team if it comes to that. Because that's, you know, people pay a lot of harder money to go to to football games. They pay a lot uh, for merchandise. You know, the fans deserve 
to, for your team not to throw games. And I know some fans, they say that they want their team to tank, but you don't. And the players don't deserve that as well. And coaches, to be honest. And, you know, for, for Flores to go through that, you kind of understand why they were butting heads. And the whole tampering, so you're asking a coach to tamper and go against league rules. Again, not a good situation down in Miami. And then it goes further than that. Bring the Giants into it. They're the next uh, team that was um, in this lawsuit. And uh, basically, the lawsuit says that the Giants scheduled a fake interview with Flores to comply with the Rooney rule, which states that you have to interview one minority head coaching candidate. And basically, what the what Flores is saying that the Giants um, interviewed him just to kind of you know fill a quota, and that they weren't. It was basically a sham interview, is what he used the exact words there. And how he knows this was because of a text from Bill Belichick, who obviously uh, head coach uh, was and uh, excuse me. Flores was a defensive coordinator under Belichick, head coach of the Patriots, obviously. And he went to congratulate Brian Dable, who got the Giants job, before Flores even interviewed. And he and Belichick thought he was inter- uh, thought he was texting Dable, but he actually he actually uh, texted Flores. Crazy stuff uh, that you know that that happened. That was kind of the impetus of it, and that's kind of how you know Flores found out about this and. To go under that fake inner, basically, you know, a you know, a fake inner, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I don't know what the exact words you want to use, but that's a problem, and that's you know, and Flores talks about being humiliated because of that, angry, obviously, because I mean, that's just that's something that uh, you know is obviously uh, you know to, to interview someone that you're not even you know you have no intention of even offering you know even try you know giving them a chance at the job is really not good and you know just to put yourself in a situation everyone's been on an interview and how you know obviously taxing it is to prepare for it and nfl interviews are probably much worse or much harder much more stressful than a lot of other jobs and you know to kind of prepare for that and go into those stressful situations and not even having a chance for the job i mean it's it's a waste of time for for the, the coaching candidates and it's something that's just you know it, it's wrong yeah and Flores, you know, again, if this is proved to be true, that's another situation where obviously the Rooney rule is not working and, you know, the NFL has to then, you know, try to change their systems of hiring um, coaches and, uh, you know, giving a diverse set of candidates and being able to, uh, you know, go into interviews when people actually have a shot at the job. And and I think that's pretty fair. (laughs) I, I have to say that, you know, if you interview for a job, you expect to have a shot for the job. And Flores felt like he had a shot at the Giants job, a good chance. And obviously the NFL, uh, they said that uh, Flores' claims are without merit and all three franchises denied the allegations. The Giants said uh, that they went on a big, um, you know, uh, it, basically how they had a very big search and Flores was a serious candidate until the 11th hour. That's what they said. And then the third team, which we forgot to say this, was the Broncos. And the Broncos uh, had uh, had Flores as an interview candidate and interviewed him as the, for their head coaching uh, vacancy back three years ago. And they said that they went through a similar, he said he went through a similar interview where um, he felt like they had no intention of considering for the job and how um, team brass showed up an hour late and they looked like they were disheveled and uh, going out the night before. That's a big problem too. And it's, it's basically, uh, you know, very similar to the giant, you know, the giant stuff, how they basically just filled the box for the quota. And that's obviously not, you know, that's what bad franchises do, in my opinion, just, you know, uh, putting that outright that they're kind of getting that diverse set of candidates, but not actually going through and doing their due diligence to actually give these uh, candidates a fair shot. That's obviously a big problem. And again, I mean, Flora said it was, you know, bigger than coaching. He said, you know, humiliation, anger during the sham interview, wants to make real change in the NFL. 
that's something that to me is, you know, very, very interesting. And obviously that's going to stay with Flores throughout his head coaching career. And he understands that this may really hurt him and blackball him considering, uh, you know, these allegations going on and maybe a team won't want to take a chance on him. Now, the Saints, I do think that he's a great head coach and he's a great leader of men. And he's seen that through his track record. And obviously, you know, a lawsuit shouldn't, you know, really, that should have no, it, should be, it shouldn't be in the equation. It should be how he is as a head coach. I think he's a very good head coach. I think he showed that with the Dolphins. I think Dolphins fans are upset that he's not leading them. Um, and, and, and that's something that, you know, you know, as obviously we're not all Dolphins fans. We don't all follow the Dolphins. But for the fans to be upset that he's not the head coach says something. And it says something that they feel like their owner is doing the wrong. So, again, I, I feel like Flores, for him not to be hired yet by, you know, another team is puzzling. The Saints have the opportunity to look at him, you know, in depth. So do the Texans. I think that he definitely should be a head coach in this league. That, that That's what I will say. I think he's a great head coach. I think he'd do great things with the Saints. I think he'd help toward that chip on their shoulder mantra. I think he's had that chip on his shoulder for, you know, not only, you know, before, you know, uh, you know his time, you know, with this whole thing what happened now, uh, but also I think before as well. So I, I think he would be, you know, a good fit with the Saints. Same, you know, tree, Par- parcel streaks. That obviously comes from Belichick. So similar philosophies there. So, That's all kind of that stuff there, and that's going to be a very, very interesting, uh, you know, circumstances for the Saints now to to kind of judge their candidates off of. But I I do think Flores, if the Saints are going to go outside their building, which is an option, I think it should be a serious option. I think Flores is the best guy. That that that's the best candidate. What's he shown on the field? Uh, He's definitely, uh, you know, I'd be very confident with him leading the, the the Saints. I will say that. Before we get into the other candidates. With the Saints and Aaron Glenn, Dennis Allen, Darren Rizzi, and Brian Lefwich, we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Who Dat Discussion podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back into the Houdat discussion. I'm Andrew Galata here, and we are going to go through the rest of the Saints head coaching uh, candidates here. We went through the first two with Doug Peterson and then Brian Flores. We had to decipher through all of um, you know the new surrounding uh, Brian Flores uh, as well. So obviously there was a more to unpack with him compared to all the other candidates just because of the news that came out. Uh, yesterday when I'm recording this, recording this on a Wednesday, so on Tuesday, the news came out as Flores filed that lawsuit against the NFL and three teams. So we're going to move on from that, and we're going to go on to the rest of the candidates. You know, these, for the most part, are more in-house candidates. The only would be out-of-house candidate would be Brian Lefwich, when he doesn't have an interview scheduled yet. So for the three in-house, or I'm going to call them in-house, because, I mean, technically, Aaron Glenn's not an in-house candidate, but obviously... Um, he's only spent one year as defensive coordinator, and he was the Saints DB coach for a long time. So um, he's in that same philosophy um, with the Saints are looking for. So I'm going to call him an in-house candidate for for kind of just argument's sake. And Aaron Glenn, he's going to be our next guy here. Um, Lions defensive coordinator, former player, former Saints defensive backs coach. I think that he would is going to be a a 
head coach one day. I don't think it's probably this year. I think the Saints just want to kind of see where he's at and kind of see what he's learned throughout his time. Obviously, being a player is going to be very interesting. Um, you know, mindset for him is going to be different to coaching, whether it be someone that wasn't a player. Uh, so that's something that I think is interesting when looking at Aaron Glenn, definitely a player's coach, which is for him, I think, very good. And, and you look what he's done with the Saints. Came in here in 2016 as the defensive backs coach in New Orleans. And ever since then, the Saints got better and better and better. So you got to kind of look at that. Like, hmm, I think he's, you know, a very solid coach. Definitely, definitely a very good coach. Goes to, uh, in 2021, goes to the Lions as their defensive coordinator. And he's a guy that, you know, look, you look at the numbers are not very good from from this, from this Lions team, but better than last year on the defensive end. And I think that's kind of a step in the right direction because Lions last year, they were 32 in basically every category. This year, they were not. They moved up. And that's something that, Look, Rome wasn't built in one day, and they went to 29th in yards. Uh, so that's something that isn't the you know look. They moved up, they got better, and you're looking kind of across the board uh, there. And it, it wasn't maybe as bad as um, you know the year the year prior. So they're moving in the right direction. And you saw, I, I think the defense get better as the season went on because you just look at the last few uh, games here, and obviously you know going back to. Maybe that win when they when they beat the Vikings on the year out when they went three and three and finished the season on kind of a high note. Twenty seven points to the Vikings in the win, thirty eight points in a loss, uh, twelve points in a win against Arizona. Obviously, that was their best effort of the year. Twenty points in a loss against the Falcons. Fifty one is the big one, obviously against the Seahawks. Not a good effort there, and then thirty in a win against Green Bay. So now it's against Aaron Rodgers. So that that's you know a solid output considering what they have, and they end up winning the game. So. You saw the defense play better. They obviously played for for Glenn, and I I, I just think that he's a year away, two years away. Um, I would like to see a few more years of him as a defensive coordinator and see the defense really have success down there in in Detroit before I'd give him the job. I think he's a great coach though, and I I think it just comes up a year early or something, two years early uh, for Coach Glenn. So um, again, we're gonna see what happens with him, uh, but that's kind of my output. I, I just think it's a few years early, and that's kind of my analysis for um for for Glenn as the candidate moving over to the next candidate for the Saints and that's Dennis Allen he's going to be the favorite in this Saints defensive coordinator was a coach before in Oakland didn't go well but now does he deserve a second chance you go 8 and 28 as a head coach you get fired after week 4 of your third season it's not good i think we could all agree with that but i think he went into new orleans and he came in and he worked that defense up and up and up. And they went from, you know, the defensive coordinator in um, 2015 for the Saints. It, it it wasn't good, 32nd. Then it was it went from 32nd to 31st. Then it went to 10th, 14th, 13th, 5th, 4th. They got better basically every year. Yards, they went from 31st his first year to 27th, 17, 14, 11, 4, 7. So you see the Saints really getting better every single year. That's something that, to me, was huge for him. You see vast improvements, and, and that's what you'd like to see from, from Aaron Glenn. You'd like to see a few more years. Probably not as much. He doesn't need as much just because, obviously, the head coaching um, job that, that Allen did was poor. But you see him learn a lot under Sean Payton, a very good team, and he coached in some really big games, got the head coaching win against Tampa Bay last year, and you feel like he's ready for this job. And I definitely think he would be a great head coaching candidate for another team, so I'm not going to say that he's not great for the Saints. I'd be very happy if they were you know, going to continue Allen as head coach. 
and you could have that same group of assistants, same culture, same players. I think it's worked really well, so you're not going to say that's a bad thing. I'd be happy with the move, I think, as a lot of other people would be. I think it would be the safest choice to kind of continue Sean Payton's legacy with the Saints. I think all the players respect him immensely of what he's done with his team. I think also he's done a good job at building a staff. I think that can't be um, done enough because the defensive staff of the Saints, you look you know, you know, know, around here, whether it be Dennis or um, Aaron Glenn, who's obviously a defensive coordinator, we just talked about him, uh, whether it be Chris Richard, who's getting defensive coordinator interviews, that's someone you got to talk about um, as well. Then you look at um, Ryan Nielsen, who's just done great jobs, was almost got pushed away by LSU last year, but the Saints promoted him. So you see some really good position coaches being, um, you know, placed on the defensive side of the ball and doing a good job. So I think that has something to do with it too. It's an organizational thing for Dennis Allen where he's done a good job picking his um, defensive assistants under him. I think that's such a big thing as well. And I, I think through those, I think he's learned from his mistakes and I think he kind of, you know, deserves to, to have another shot. We'll see if it's with the Saints. I think it would be a good choice for that reason just because you want to continue what you, you what you – uh, have here in New Orleans. It's not like they fired Sean Payton. Sean Payton left on his own terms in a retirement situation, so it's very different than other teams. Um, would Dennis Allen be my number one choice? Maybe if I was for you know looking for the Giants head coach, probably not. But in this situation, I think it makes a lot of sense uh, for the Saints and to continue what what, what they want to do here. And I, I think it would be the most logical choice. A guy that's had a ton of success, has head coaching experience, learning from his mistakes, has built a really nice defensive second or defensive assistant group has done a nice job with players and not just first round picks. It's also been the third round picks, the fourth round picks, second round picks he's hit on as well. So I, I think that has something to do with it too. So overall, I, I, I would like to see Allen there. I, I think he's the number one in-house candidate. So I think that's very interesting as well. And then final in-house candidate is Darren Rizzi, Saints special teams coordinator. I think Rizzi's a great coach. I think he's a great special teams coach. Did a good job in Miami. He's doing a good job in New Orleans. And you've seen special teams coordinators get jobs throughout the years, whether it be John Harbaugh, Joe Judge. I think a lot of people obviously didn't work out with the Giants. But, again, he's a guy that got a job, had some success in his first year uh, with Big Blue. And, you know, you can kind of go out throughout the years. But, uh, um, obviously, it's tough to come in and be a head coach from a special teams coordinator. It would probably be – you know, your least demanding coordinator job compared to offensive and defensive coordinators, uh, you know, on the average in the NFL. Uh, but I think he's a great coach. I think he's a good leader of men. All the players like him. All of, you know, nothing but good things uh, for, for Darren Rizzi. Again, I, w- I would just like to see him maybe, you know, become an assistant head coach before and kind of, you know, continue to move up a little bit because he's only a special teams coordinator, coordinator right now. So if he was assistant head coach, special teams coordinator, I think he'd feel a lot more happy, just like uh, Basakia. Uh, for the Raiders, who did a great job for them, brought them to the playoffs after the whole John Gruden fiasco, and he did a good job kind of picking up the pieces and bringing that team to the playoffs. So again, I I, I think special teams coordinator is not like it's just you throw him out, but I think that uh, because of he doesn't have that assistant and coaching experience, I would like to see that. I don't think he'd be a bad candidate. I wouldn't be mad with the move. I think it would be kind of out of left field, though. And I'd like out of the in-house candidates, I'd much rather have Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen's number one. He's the lo- most logical point of emphasis here in in the building and I, I think that you know it's one of those things where you want to interview as many people as possible for sure and give them the chance I think you should give Darren Rizzi the chance I think you should give um the outside candidates chance for sure but Dennis Allen's your guy where you feel very confident if he led this team you'd feel confident going into next year uh but 
you know, and, and, and like continuing, have a winning season, continue not rebuild, all that stuff. I think you'd feel very confident. And I think you'd feel confident about some other guys on here as well uh, that are also outside of the building. And same with Darren Rizzi. I think you'd feel, I, you know, I think Rizzi would be a lot of unknowns. I think that either Peterson or Flores, they've done it. They've done it with success. So you're kind of, you know, you're like, okay, these guys have had success as a head coach. They've shown they could have good seasons. Rizzi hasn't yet. Glenn hasn't yet. So that's just something like, why wouldn't you? And like, but Dennis Allen hasn't either. But he's just been the best coordinator out of the bunch. So that's just kind of what you have to kind of judge there. And it's going to be an interesting decision for the Saints. And then finally, Brian Lefwich, who hasn't had an interview scheduled with the Saints, but was rumored uh, to interview for the job. Another very interesting guy because played. And he played for you know a decent amount, almost 10 years. Um, so played until 2012, mostly a backup. But had starts as well. Won a Super Bowl as a backup uh, with the Steelers. So... You know, he's, he, he's, you know, a guy that has the playing experience, has coaching experience. Quarterback's coach for the Cardinals. Um, interim offensive coordinator for the Cardinals, and then full-time offensive coordinator for the Buccaneers and had a lot of success. Uh, coach Jameis Winston in his first year uh, in 2019 with the Bucs, 30 interception season. We know that, but Tom Brady came in and, you know, obviously Leftwich did a good job. He called the plays this year uh, for, for, for the Bucs. And I'm not sure if he did last year, but definitely this year. Uh, so that's something that I... I, I, I do kind of think that it's good to interview him because he's completely Bruce Arians tree, nothing to do with Parcells, nothing to do with Chompe, anything. It's good to see that perspective, but I'd probably would go with a few other candidates in here. I, I think he would be better suited for a team that maybe is on, in the rebuild. I know he's um, uh, kind of rumored to go with with Jacksonville. I think that would be a pretty good good uh, selection for them. I think he's a good offensive mind. I think he will you know be good at finding you know a good quarterback and building a good quarterbacks. Um, you know, through the draft, I think that would be something to look at as well. Obviously, played the position, and you know, and for them, not you know, they already have their quarterback. It's it's Lawrence, but you know, you, you can bring in a quarterback centric head coach who can kind of do a good job and do good things for you. And we've seen that throughout the league, and it's worked. Uh, so again, that's something that for them, I think that's more for for a team that may be rebuilding a few years away, and he can grow as a head coach as the team's growing, and it's a young, you know. Everyone's growing together, so it's like a, you know, and, you, and everyone buys in. It's just like kind of like the, the Lions thing. Now I don't think Dan Campbell is going to be that coach five years down the line, but if they're ready to compete, I think he's a guy that you know will obviously have a chance when this team is competitive to to, to win. But I, just, I I think someone else will probably you know put them over the hump and make them successful. But you need a guy to to buy in now, and I think that you know a guy like uh, you know young young coaches I think are perfect for that, and maybe they end up being the guy. But I think even a guy like Leftwich, I just think it would be a very positive move, especially after their move uh, with Urban Meyer just didn't work out. So, again, for the Saints, not sure. You know, it's interesting. I mean, it would be an interesting move to go an offensive-centric guy compared to defensive where a lot of these guys are coming from. But, look, the Saints do have a few offensive guys. Peterson's an offensive guy. Leftwich is an offensive guy. Defensive guys, you have Allen, Glenn, Glenn, and Flores. They're defend- more defensive-oriented. And then you have the special teams guys. So, very even. Very even in your six head coaching candidates. So that I, I, I think for the Saints is very good. And, you know, f- started with that, finished with that. Uh, that I think is the biggest thing here for, for these candidates should be a very interesting, um, you know, search for a head coach. I would call Dennis Allen, my leader inside, you know, in house out, out of the house. I think Flores is your best candidate. I really do. Uh, Cause he really hasn't had that bad year. Like the Peters, like obviously Peter Peterson would still be in, in Philadelphia if he didn't have that bad year. So, again, where do you look at, you know, his and how do you evaluate his coaching stint there? You know, I think it's interesting. I think that he's had more, obviously had more success 
than than Flores for sure. Uh, he won the Super Bowl. Flores <laughs> has not made the playoffs yet. Uh, but Flores, I think, was didn't. I, I think next year they the Dolphins would have made if they Flores if Flores took there and they were able to grow on his trajectory. I think that team would have made the playoff and they would have took that next step. We'll never know now, but I, but I, I do think that he would be a good head coach for the Saints. I think he'd be you know a good culture con, you know culture continuer culture you know cultivator. I guess the, the word. And then also I think he's a great defensive mind. I think he'd step in and the Saints would be top five, maybe even better. Um, you know, just a great defensive mind. And what he did with the Dolphins, I mean. Insane stuff and really good stuff for Flores. And then the offensive side, I, I think that's something he was learning about how to grow the offense, who to who's best to call plays in the offensive side. I think he was just learning through as a young head coach. It happens. You know, we heard Sean Payton talk about how he had a lot of regrets early on in his career and how he wished things went better in certain situations. So again, I think that next year was definitely the the make or break year for the Dolphins or Flores. He doesn't get a chance because of, you know, ownership. And when you hear from this lawsuit, you're like, who who would want to coach there? I mean, who who wants to to coach there when you have a uh, an owner that is tampering or you know tanking and that job? I don't know who would ever take that job. That's all I could say there. That's a tough situation in Miami now. Uh, but you know, for the Saints, I think it's very interesting to see him, Peterson. Um, I you know I, I think both are pretty good out, outside candidates. Um, but Flores, I think he's the best head coaching candidate. Um, that that had former coaching experience in this search in this kind of this uh, this year in this cycle. Who knows? I mean, look, there are still jobs to be opened. There are still jobs to be closed here. Um, you know, not many positions have been you know uh, filled so far. So Texans, I think Flores is also big in the Texans job. Had two interviews there, and obviously just interviewed with the Saints. So we'll see how that all works out there. But. That will wrap up here our head coaching search podcast here at the Houdat Discussion. Hope you guys enjoyed. If you enjoy what we're doing here at the Houdat Discussion, definitely drop us a follow on Twitter at the Houdat This, on Instagram at Houdat Discussion, and then also on YouTube. You can follow us at the Houdat Discussion as well. Give us that subscribe, hit the like uh, button as well. But I think with all that said, I want to say thank you guys for listening. It definitely should be a fun week. Uh, down a mobile for the Saints head coaching candidates, and then also the draft prospects on the field. So should be a fun week with, you know, on Twitter looking at, uh, you know, all the different prospects, all the different rumors uh, for the Saints. Thank you guys again for listening. Thank you uh, for welcoming me back here on the podcast over the past few weeks. And who dat?